Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of MLS is Back 2022. Wait, no. Troy Nunes is an absolute podcast. That's what we're doing. All right. Uh, with you as always, Steve Haller. Uh, joining me, also as always, uh, my good compatriots, Christian Guzman and Andy Pregler. What's cracking, guys? We got to play a great game today. It's called What's More Dysfunctional, MLB, MLBPA in Negotiations or Syracuse's Defense? You know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh, man, this is really hard for me to f- think about because it's equal. It's equal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see what Kevin Wall posted after the game? Um, it was the ESPN shot chart image. Yes, that was depressing. It literally I remember when I was so I'm a new NBA fan. I'm just getting into it. And I remember like I, I was reading about the whole Daryl Morey in Houston situation where he's like, yeah, we don't take jumpers here. And they showed like an ideal shot chart of what it would look like. And Duke had that. There was just no shots taken from anywhere that wasn't either outside of the three point line or right beneath the basket. And I did not think that you could achieve that at a professional basketball level. Yeah. At, when, least, when you we, can... at least today we weren't Notre Dame women's basketball because we've looked at one of Caroline Darney's uh, tweets from today. Uh, Louisville women's basketball was a 41 3 over the Irish at one point. Yeah, not great, Bob. Not great. <laughs> the the you know standing and clapping through the first commercial timeout was not good, but at least they it's kept not it... the worst I've seen because <laughs> I've seen it through the second media timeout. Seven and a half minutes left in the first quarter or in the first half. Oh yikes! Syracuse versus Pitt, uh, two thousand nine, maybe. That sounds like a perfect Syracuse Pitt two thousand nine yeah. matchup. It mm-hmm. was painful. Like, mm-hmm. very, very painful. That sounds like something Jamie Dixon has dreams about. Yeah, I mean, listen, TCU is out winning games against ranked opponents this year. I'm very scared that the hair is going to rise again with even more gel this time around. Oh, God. Uh, is that how it works? Is it like Pinocchio? Like, the more power he gets, the... <laughs> it's, it's possible for him to have more hair gel? <laughs> It just keeps adding it and adding it. And listen, Texas is hotter. You gotta you gotta really throw it in there if you want it to stick. It's not like Pitt where everything's cold and, and temperate. Just uh, dunks his head into a bucket of gel before games. <laughs> exactly. 
Well, this yeah. has been a so, great way to start the podcast. I, I was going to yeah. say, so if anyone can't tell, we're literally doing everything we can to not talk about that mess that happened yesterday. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, Let's that, talk about how the Red Bulls got three points. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> we will have an uh, MLS Syracuse update because, oh, man, I forgot that, like, Kamal Miller is just down here. Uh, he was the only good player for uh, CF Montreal today, which, oh, boy, <laughs> that game was all sorts of chaotic. Yep. Um, there's mm. uh, our boy Tejon Buchanan did really good for Club no. Bruges. Yep. Uh, I was gonna say he was. I just saw it on his Instagram. I think they played today and they won. Uh, he was. He did the obligatory three points uh, post that every soccer player now posts to their Instagram after mm. a good win. Which you know, there we go, Tejon. Keep that going. Uh, but when it comes to men's basketball, uh, we're gonna eat our vegetables first. The team went one and two this week, which was exactly what we predicted last week. Yeah, uh, I mean, and I, I even put it in the, the show title for on Twitch. Like, whoever sees the, whoever listens to the podcast won't see it, but uh, literally, uh, they are who we thought we were, they were. Like, there's, there's and we no... we about the hook. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, we, we did kind of leave, or let Notre Dame off the hook, but... Uh, ain't that the first. The, um, yeah, the, the team was exactly what we thought they were going to be. Uh, we didn't expect them to get where they are, how they got there. Uh, I think everybody probably expected slightly less of the horrendous performance yesterday and not to have to go to 17 overtimes against uh, Georgia Tech. So it's... The Notre Dame game was the most normal game of the entire week. Which and that's saying one something. loss on the road. <laughs> that's saying something. Wow. Yeah, this was yeah. a week. Yeah, I think that I think it's probably best to talk about the whole thing in the aggregate rather than talking about like the individual games. Well, we do because of one thing that happened. And really, it's the thing that we knew was going to happen eventually. At some point in time, Benny Williams was going to play minutes and Benny Williams was going to play well. It happened in the Duke game. And so after the game, Benny Williams is asked about what he's going to do for next year. He says, I'm coming back. I've said it. You know, I'm coming back. Don't worry about me. He's not transferring. And so then naturally people ask uh, James Arthur Bayheim if he's going to be coming back. And Bayheim delivers. The second or the I- third? <laughs> the first. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no, the second. Actually, the second. Um, I think I think Bayheim delivered what might be the most all-time Bayheim response, uh, which was, we're, we're having a bad year and you want, and you want me to quit. And I just, uh, Steve, I want to toss this to you. In the pantheon of Bayheim things to be mad about, to be annoyed about, in the terms of Bayheim lines, where does this one rank for you? Because it, it just, I know Escalators had a great time with it. Casual Hoya had a great time with it. Like all the old Big East friends were like, "Ooh, that's the gym that we know and oh, enjoy yeah. playing against." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, Bayheim's going to Bayheim. Like you can't expect someone who goes out there like Jim does week in week out, talks how Jim does, acts like how Jim has for the past forty years. <laughs> and think that's not going to be the response you're going to get. Like what? What do you? What do you want him to say? Like, oh, we had a phenomenal year. I'm going to step away. Like, yeah, there's there's going to be something about that we'll, you know, we'll get into down the road, I'm sure, about, you know, does he want to sign it off with his kids? Is there this memorable moment? Blah, blah, blah. Jim's not that guy. <laughs> like, if he wanted to, I that would be an awesome way to go out. But he lives and breathes basketball. That's that's what James Arthur Bayheim too, 
does. So I, I think I think that's about what we expected to see from him. So keeps uh, hold hold serve with the rest of everything. Yeah, uh, it was it was interesting. And, and Christian, I just want to go to you on the Benny Williams front. Like you have been talking in this uh, on the show a lot about how Benny Williams has been somebody that probably needs to see the floor more. Cole Swider picked up three fouls in this game, only saw 14 minutes uh, of game action. Jimmy Bayheim only saw 21 minutes of game action, which with where he was 0 for 3, he was almost non-existent. And so Benny ended up playing 30 minutes, goes 5 from 7 for the field, uh, 4 from 5 for the three-point line, finishes with 14 points in what was obviously his best game of the year. And it starts begging, like, there's a lot of things that you can take away from it, but what for you are you going to take away from the fact that Benny Williams got his most run against Duke at home? And I don't know. The whole situation seems incredibly weird. It goes to show if you play the guy, he's going to figure it out eventually. And yeah. And, and it comes against the most athletic team we're going to play. Like mm-hmm. you put the and athlete like, out there and let him athlete. And, and you put, and I can excuse at least some of the defensive issues because once again, the guard play up top is what we would consider not ideal in terms of the defense. Um, so you kind of leave everyone else in the back hanging out to dry when you have super athletic freak potential first overall pick playing in the middle of the zone. And then guy who is literally probably 30 pounds heavier in pure muscle alone than any of your centers playing at the low block at any moment. So the onus is on the guards to prevent the ball from getting to those guys in the first place. So like spoiler alert, spoiler alert on this. They didn't. Oh, really? Wow. (laughs) What makes you say? Um, So the defensive issues that continue to prop up for Benny against Duke, you can excuse offensively. I think that's the game that he needed to like at least again we're, it's it's all we always talk about confidence with these guys and I feel like he kind of with the shooters and the playmakers that were on this team honestly like now that I'm like thinking about it more and like talking out more this is where the Jesse injury kind of becomes a blessing in disguise to Syracuse because they need someone else to be the inside presence to balance out the outside scoring attack. That's what made Jesse so effective is that people had, at times, they had to respect Buddy, they had to respect Joe, they had to respect Cole. So that opens up Jesse and Jimmy inside to go to work. And Jesse took advantage of that. Jimmy, at times, took advantage of that. And now Benny is starting to find that a bit more. Um, His game, basically early on in the season, was more ISO drive. And while we saw a couple of nice baskets in that way, I think we're starting to see a little bit more of his offense flow. We saw him, you know, practicing a ton of spot-up shots. And I think we're starting to see him evolve a bit more. Now, jury's out on what actually happens next year. But that was a big confidence game for him, I think. And that's the type of Benny that people wanted to see. And that's the type of Benny that people expected to see um and unfortunately that only comes with minutes and yeah at this point jim has already come out to say that 
and he said it throughout the entire season, he trusts Jimmy and Cole a hell of a ton more than Benny. So he can only show so much in limited minutes. So I'm going to take this completely non-serious route. Um, you remember last week when, at the end of the pod when we were talking about uh, what all of us were playing in the video game sphere. Uh, Christian, you mentioned that Benny Williams is evolving. Mm-hmm. And you also mentioned that last week you were uh, playing through the latest of the Pokemon games. Were Benny Williams a Pokemon? Who would he be? God, fantastic question. <laughs> I, I will say it, it. it's starting to feel like Benny might be like, I don't know what the new version of this, but for me, an original, you know, 151 or 121, whatever the number was, uh, one, yeah, there we go, 51. Uh, I feel like he's very much an Eevee, where like the first layer kind of stinks, and like Eevee itself is not a good Pokemon. But there's a lot of different directions that, that that this kid can go, and he's starting to show some of that. Like the, like one of the things that I was most impressed about him in this game was you you kind of mentioned it earlier. The, the athleticism that Duke showed was really giving guys like Joe Girard and Buddy Beheim fits all night long. Like Buddy was really having to do more of like a, I, this is a very terrible comparison, but he was doing the Kevin Durant work of just trying to exist. Uh, on the block and try to just shoot jumpers like listen I'm not going to be able to drive over you you're doing too good on the perimeter like this is the only place that I'm going to get a look and for a minute he, he was able to get something going but the reason that only Kevin Durant operates there is because only Kevin Durant can make those shots consistently what Benny was able to do was make a couple of those shots but then instead of look for that as his move basically said okay Duke defender come at me when I go for this move and I'm going to find a way to get to the basket. Like I thought his game around the rim in general was really intelligent and was something that is sorely missed from this team of just finding a way to get the easiest shot instead of just going for what's the quickest or what is the shot that I can get off in this second. He was ob- he was looking so much more for like what how can I turn this situation into something into my advantage? And I and I hope that that is something that is retained into his evolution of next year. So yeah, there's there's my hijacking of Steve's question there. Um <laughs> the the other thing I did want to talk about was uh you know, moving forward, there's another game against North Carolina this week and against Miami this week. Um, for those that are keeping track at home, Syracuse, if they lose both of these games, will go sub 500 for the first time in program history under Jim Beheim. If they win one of them, they're guaranteed to keep it. Kind of looking beyond that, the North Carolina game is interesting. Uh, I have a friend who follows college basketball pretty closely. And he called North Carolina kind of like the, the the bell cow game. Like they are the, or the litmus test. Like North Carolina beats the bad teams in the ACC, but they lose to all of the good teams and good teams in general pretty consistently. Uh, so right now, overall, North Carolina is 21 and 8. Um, they've got five losses in conference. So far this season, North Carolina has lost to Purdue. Pretty good. Tennessee. Pretty good. Kentucky. Pretty good. Notre Dame. Eh. Miami, eh, Wake Forest, and Pitt. So what? Pitt won. Wait, wait, Pitt wait, won. Wait. Yep, yep. One of these the- things is not like the other. <laughs> oh, that was a really strong resume that I just listed off. Of course. Oh, they also lost to Duke. Um, but yes, 
no, one really, of those, what makes you say? Yeah, one of those things is not like the others, and it is the pit loss. So they are capable of dropping a bad game. I guess, so this is all a very long setup to go. What can Syracuse do against North Carolina to not have the Duke game be a 2.0? Because the last thing that Syracuse wants to do is go down big on the road to a North Carolina team, because at that point there is there is no return. Um, so they obviously need to quote unquote start better, but how do you start better if you're the orange? Alrighty, this is going to be tough, <laughs> but I have an answer. It's going to be I have an answer. It's just tough on how you achieve said answer. Oh, you look for guys named Armando Baycott, and you look for guys named Brady Manick, and you prevent them from getting the ball. So what we were supposed okay. to do in the Duke game, right? Well, not necessarily because Duke, on literally everyone on Duke can score. What mm, I'm saying true. is that uh, Armando Baycott will be Mark Williams. Brady Manick will be as if Syracuse was playing Buddy Bayheim, only a little bit bigger. Right. So you have to those – are, those are UNC's two strong points. I know they still have Leaky Black. I know they still have Caleb Love. But at this point, you have to force them to score. If if they score and they beat you, you hold up your hands and say fine. Because at some point, Brady Manick and Armando Baycott will benefit off that. But if you shut down Baycott and you shut down Manick and you force Black and Love to become scorers, it becomes a lot easier. Hmm. Now, Caleb Love is probably going to play in the middle of the zone. So, hey guards! You don't have a safety net. You don't have a safety net anymore because your backup's Patty Casey, and he's probably not seeing the floor. So, oh god, I forgot he wanted to. So, for anyone that missed that reference, uh, Samir Torrance in the second half got, uh, I believe, a nice elbow to the uh, front frontal lobe. He he. I think Pardo Bancaro's chin fell on his head. Yes. Somehow. Somehow, Paulo Benchero or Bancaro, I do not know how to say that name. I will yes. butcher it 10,000 times. Um, either way, yes, it was a situation where Samir actually instigated the contact, which is why there was no flagrant foul or there was no foul called on the play. Um, however, Paulo, being an absolute freak of an athlete, came out very unscathed and Samir looked like he it felt very much like a superhero moment where like he runs into the guy and the guy just doesn't even notice him. And, you know, I feel I feel really bad for Samir because Christian, you brought it up like there's plenty of opportunity for him to get run in these upcoming games. It it's it it looked bad. Like, I, I don't know what the issue, what the diagnosis is. I don't think Jim talked about it in any kind least- of detail. Jim, Jim's detail was, I doubt if he'll be back for a while, which Whoa. doesn't sound like he is coming back this season. Did uh, he break his jaw so, or something? No, it was his forehead, and he left the game and got stitches. Oh no! Yeah, concussion protocol. Um, yep. So I, I did. I did look it up. I wasn't going crazy because I watched it like four times it was actually the elbow after the the announcer kept saying it was the chin yeah but it was um so there was contact and then torrance hit bancaro and then this is is what happens when you forego watching the first half to uh 
uh, film and report on Section 3 basketball semifinals. Mm, that'll do it. Are you a West Jenny alum, by the way, Steve? I keep meaning to ask you this. Not an alum, but my kid will be. Okay. There we go. Future West Jenny <laughs> alum and football player. I'm an Adirondack uh, alum. The middle of nowhere. Um, <laughs> so. This but, fits Steve's mm. offensive line personality uh, yeah. incredibly well. <laughs> so, what I'm here so, so, so Torrance is probably going to be out for a while. That I mean, I was going to say, the yeah, sad that, part is if you're Syracuse, um, this was the other part that I wanted to go to. There's not a lot of time left in this season. So somehow we got through all of February and it's already March. Um, thank you, uh, John Rothstein, who is already screaming. This is March. Uh, got that ready for Tuesday. But the orange How many scheduled are, pizzas does he have for that day? At least 10, if yeah. not more. Mm-hmm. How many of but, them are wishing random coaches good luck? Well, he won't be wishing Jim Beheim random luck because the Orange have two weeks left to go in the year. Uh, they play this week on Saturday and Tuesday, I think, or maybe Monday. I'm not sure. Um, either early game and late game. And then the week after that is the ACC tournament and so Mike Waters. Monday, Monday yeah, Saturday. Monday, yeah. Monday, Monday, Saturday. Saturday yeah. So a nice big long break before the home, uh, the final home game of the year. And Mike Waters, being the fantastic reporter that he is, broke down what could happen in the ACC tournament. And long story short, Syracuse is almost exclusively locked into the 8-9 game. Yeah. A loss will all but will guarantee Syracuse a place in that 8-9 game. Um, and for what that means for those of you who are potentially not super uh, familiar with how the ACC tournament works, Syracuse will play on the second day at noon, which is a game that Syracuse has played a lot in and has not had a lot of success in said games. And if they win, would go on to play Duke. Uh, so not looking really optimistic that Syracuse is going to have much more of a season left at this point. I am assuming that the NIT will throw them a bone because the NIT likes to have big names, big name teams in their tournament, especially since teams host the first few games and the Carrier Dome being the Carrier Dome is a great place to have basketball. But overall, man, uh, this season has really been a lot of ups and downs. And I don't think we're at a point where we want to make a postmortem of it yet. We'll save that one for a few weeks from now. Yeah. That, that being said, I will go as far to say this season has probably been one of the most, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really hate using this choice of word, this has really been one of the most boring seasons that I can remember in recent memory, not because of just the results, but because everything has been so predictable. Right? Yes. Yes. That's the, that's the reason that's because you know, what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. You're, like we could, t- and the unfortunate thing is, is that it was decided in November when Syracuse, like literally the battle for Atlantis tournament decided the season. Because yeah. it showed what Syracuse could do and what Syracuse couldn't do. And none of that has changed since then. And none of that has changed. Yeah, it's been yeah. a pretty milk toast year. Which um, is wild that considering with, and I guess Steve, I'm going to do your favorite thing here, transition this to football, it seems like the football team, while maybe not great, the team ends the season as a completely different team every year under Dino Babers. Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. But... The football team that starts the year is never the team that ends the year. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that uh, sounds about right. The mm-hmm. juxtaposition there is is very weird. Okay. Yeah. 
I just realized I was randomly, um, you know, doing some side notes on the site, like trying to figure out what happened this week because things always yep. happen this week that I forget about. Uh, I completely forgot. At one point, we had an Arizona State O lineman that was committed to us last year that came to campus and then left campus. Oh, mm-hmm. I forgot about that too. Cody Shear. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great football conversation uh, to to start right here. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say we'll get this. We'll uh, you know actually you know what it's halftime. Then we can talk football. And halftime, as always, is brought to you by Home Field Apparel, maker of the finest vintage collegiate goodies that you will find this side of the Mississippi or either side of the Mississippi. Now that they're a big, big old national company. Uh, Home Field Apparel is your one-stop shop for t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, and joggers of your favorite vintage logo uh, apparel around the college football, around the college space in general. Uh, and just this week, they had a friends and family sale. It was a great 48-hour only sale where they had 30% off a lot of great stuff. Uh, if you missed out on that sale, you can use promo code NUNES, N-U-N-E-S, for 10% off your first order from Home Field Apparel. And the wonderful birdies that are Connor's new minions have told me that they are ramping up for March Madness. There's going to be some cool new stuff. Don't know if it's going to include Syracuse, but they are going to have cool new stuff once March Madness rolls around. So maybe Connor will throw us a bone and include us in some kind of March Madness this year because something would be better than nothing. So Connor's got minions now. Do we can we can we get minions we have minions. Kevin got a ton of minions. Oh yeah, I forgot. We, we did get minions. So yeah, we welcome. Get... <laughs> well, that, that's a, that's a, that's the first. That was the first edition of the Kevin Wall era. He just got a ton of minions. Perfect, 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 you could, perfect. You could tell Kevin's been a dad for a while, in that his first thought was, "Let me outsize all this labor to, uh, <laughs> yeah, to kids he looking out, for a box." He outsourced all the work. <laughs> This this John guy wrote too much. Let me let me go get some kids on here. <laughs> it's it's funny when like we were when we would look at like the end of month stats and realize oh wow John actually wrote over fifty percent of the articles for the month. Yeah, that was insane, <laughs> and it's still insane. And it John, if you're still insane. listening, or Dan for that matter, bravo. <laughs> bravo <laughs> yeah that's that's exactly what we should say <laughs> like bravo yeah that I, I mean yeah so we brought on what michael ostrowski um, um jonathan canane doing the women's basketball stuff mm-hmm. yep uh, and also uh we also Tegan. brought tegan brown yep um, tegan. Mm-hmm. i think she'll be handling a good plethora mm-hmm. of things so like mm-hmm. mixed yeah. mixed bag yeah so mm-hmm. And nice. then, yeah, it was just, we got Zeke on. The, yeah, so we got, and you know what the best part is? Christian's no longer the baby of the website. Yeah. yeah. It feels great. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're well, now it's firmly a, it's middle a first, child. It's the first time that I can actually feel good about that because right now in school, I'm the old guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the Steve of the people in Syracuse right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. So, it was, because, uh, so because, Kevin, if Kevin's dead, I'm like the weird uncle. Like, Pregler's like yeah, a random we, cousin. Because yes. I have people. Because I we have, I have people talking about like you know past Duke games, and we have people like I had some people asking like, who shot the game winner in 2017? I'm like John Gillen. How did you not know that? 
<laughs> yeah, person, not following the team then. And, and one person was like, wasn't it Tyus Banner who shot it in 2017? No! He was the guy who almost ran the clock out! <laughs> uh, love it. Still the dumbest uh, ending to a game. Meanwhile, show, showing that age, all I could think about when you said game winner was the Tyler Ennis against Pitt back in... Uh, yeah, back I still remember that. I still remember that. That was a... That was... I still remember, I was, I was actually playing, uh, we were getting ready to play indoor soccer, and we were in between games, <laughs> and that game was ending on the TV, and there's like 40 people huddled around, <laughs> like, we held kickoff for the rest of the, uh, it was right down the wire, we held kickoff for all the games, and we are like, let's watch this. Oh, he made it, sweet, let's go play. <laughs> there was a little uh, more rejoicing, pre- but. <laughs> uh, Pre-COVID times. Yep. God. <laughs> what were those what a like? time to... Yeah, it, indeed. The, uh... I yeah, it, it really was that that game was so much fun, and I am I was gonna say today was the first day that I played a basketball game against somebody that I didn't know in like a pickup game, and it right. felt so good, just nice. like oh I can I can now do this. So yeah, definitely love those uh, love those vaccines, love home field apparel. I played wearing home field joggers. That's how great you are. They are. Perfect for sitting on the couch and doing nothing, and they are also good for pickup basketball in forty degrees in New York winterish weather. There so, you yeah. go. Is, 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 is this winter? I'm calling know. it winter because I need a coat when I walk outside. Now, a coat is a very generous or very <laughs> broad descriptor of things, but until I don't need a coat, it is winter. Because I don't know about you, Andy, if, and how the climate changed in New York. But Steve, do you remember when it was fifty on Wednesday? And then we had snow squalls on Friday. Yeah, you couldn't or no, see. Just, no, just a bad snowstorm on Friday. Hey, you, you couldn't <laughs> see what you were doing on Thursday when it was squalling. And then Friday, it was like, here's another 10 inches of snow. Thanks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The other thing that happened this week uh, that thankfully didn't involve snow was the return of the Syracuse Orange men's soccer alumni in MLS. And we teased yeah. at the open of the show... But um, there's a reason I'm wearing my Sounders jersey. It's because they're, well, 30 minutes into their game. And I, Pregler, you're, you're watching updates. How are we doing? Uh, so far, so good. I keep forgetting a... you're both Sounders people. <laughs> yep. I just jumped on this bandwagon. Uh, they... You're a Portland guy. I know. I, that is, I literally chose Seattle because of Deuce. Uh, love love uh, me some Clint Dempsey. Yeah, uh, Seattle's. Me. That'll do it there too. Well, um, when, you, when you play college football with his uncle, you have a connection. <laughs> uh, wow. So far, so far right now, Seattle is just bossing uh, uh, Nashville in possession, sixty-four to thirty-eight. Uh, Seattle has almost double the number of passes completed as uh, Nashville does. So <laughs> you know, normal Sounder stuff. Sounds right. Yeah. So. The uh, the problem is that somehow Nashville has three shots and Seattle only has one. So also normal it, Sounders stuff. All right, cool. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was better than it was better than Man U this weekend. Oh, Fair. that game was. I watched that game. That was not fun. I should. I literally kind of stopped paying attention. That was like, that was actually a game of FIFA in real life. Yes. No, a game of FIFA a in real life was today's FA Cup final. Uh, that is very true as well. He said Eduardo Mendy turned into prime Manuel Neuer. <laughs> yeah, uh, Eduardo Mendy turned into Neuer, and Kepa Rizbalaga turned into I can't, you know, put a penalty on target. So, yeah, I'm not. I mean, were you expecting anything else? Well, I mean, did you see Liverpool's keeper? Because <laughs> that was, was... A thing of beauty. Uh, <laughs> but either way, no... was, it, was it Adrian or was it Allison? 
Uh, neither. It was their back. I think Allison's hurt or something. They have a th- they have a third keeper. What? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember who it was. Can't remember his name. The future Matt Turner role at Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which who is who now is this guy? Holy crap! Who is this guy? I've never heard of this guy. <laughs> well, welcome to uh, European soccer. And he stood on his uh, head know, a good but, couple of times today. So. I know, but like, I, I pride myself on actually knowing some of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know who you do know, which is the Syracuse players that are in MLS, even oh, though yeah. the number has dropped this year, which is actually. Pretty great because yeah, uh, Tayshawn Buchanan, who we talked about off the top, is no longer in MLS. He's over uh, playing in Club Bruges in Belgium. Pretty good team. Uh, so, Steve, the remaining class, I'm going to list out the, the guys and then you can kind of talk through um, what, who out of the group that's left in MLS is, is probably worth watching or paying attention to this year. Um, from your article... DeAndre Kerr at Toronto FC, Alex Bono at Toronto FC, Miles Robinson at Atlanta United, Kamal Miller at CF Montreal, Mo Adams at Inter Miami, and Ryan Raposo at Vancouver Whitecaps. And also shout out to my friend Evan Weston, voice of Orlando City. So there is the new house mafia full in control even in the MLS. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. So uh, basically you've got the... The rookie and the elder statesman, both at TFC, and DeAndre Kerr, who played last year and signed with Toronto on a homegrown deal, which, damn you, Generation Adidas, for not grabbing him and him being able to go homegrown and keep the streak alive. Um, But, uh, yeah, uh, Bono and Kerr both got the start yesterday. Um, I'm not going to lie, I didn't see how the game ended, but I know they both started. So uh, I know Kerr got taken off at halftime. That's all I know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Bones finished the game, but uh, yeah, I don't know if they I won, mean, lost, or drew. So I don't know that either. Let's look. I'm up. pulling up. I'm literally pulling. Up. I have Fought Mob um, open. Oh, there you as go. I track it, it was a it was a one one draw. Oh, okay. So uh, Bono basically coming into the season, uh, he's been you know Toronto starter for years. He after an injury a couple years ago, he lost it to Quentin Westberg. He gained it back last year after Westberg got injured. Um, going into this year, nobody knew who was going to be the starting keeper. Um, just talking to some some DC or some yeah some DC mm-hmm. DCQs on Twitter. Uh, Brad Humber, one a former Syracuse alum, uh, Toronto fan, um, and he was basically saying they had no idea that um, who was going to be the starter. And it looks like Bono is back in the back in net for the uh, the Reds this year. And if Kerr got the start right out the gate. Um, you know, here's here's hoping he can keep that up. Uh, likely, you'll see him bounce between TFC two and Toronto just to you know get him minutes and get him up to speed. Um, I'd assume it was probably injuries or something that forced him to start the the first game out the gate. Yeah, well, I was gonna say I was I was gonna ask you. So Toronto is in a win now mode. Um, they hired Bob Bradley, former U.S. Men's National Team coach, formerly of LAFC, um, and he had plenty of success out there. Uh, but they did grab, uh, oh no, Josie Altador is with the New England Revolution now. So I was looking at their attackers, um, and it's it's pretty sparse. Um, they they've got six attackers on the roster with including Kerr. Really, I think that they're just wait. I know the big thing that they're waiting for is the uh, midfield addition who's coming in from uh, Serie A, whose name I'm Insigne. Yep. Insigne, yes. 
Um, and I believe he's probably going to play more of an attacking role. So you probably are right there, Steve. But it sounds yeah. like Insigne is on it. Insigne is more of a winger than he is a midfielder. Yeah, which is probably why Kerr was in where he was, and he'll probably. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think DeAndre Kerr is going to beat Elder and Insigne. It's it's <laughs> no. not not going to happen. Insigne is still very good at the yeah. game of football. And he's, yeah. I, I want to say he's pretty young for coming over to MLS as yeah, a DP. Yeah, he is, yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Toronto's oh, no, he's, got, he's 30, which surprises me. Well, oh. Yeah, but he, the fact he's 30 and he's still one of the faster players in the game. Yeah, he's still it's, it's still banging it in insane. Syria. Yeah. He had the game-winning assist today, I think, uh, oh. in, in Napoli's game against Lazio. So they're and, that's trying... a top of the, and, and that's a top-of-the-table clash, if I remember correctly. Hmm, nice. Yeah, they're trying to channel their uh, their prior grabbing Giovinco and uh, letting them run. So we'll see. Yeah, that uh, was, yeah not, that boy's at the top of the table, and Antonio is a big piece of that. There. So yeah, crazy. Well, that is that was gonna say that was a great Toronto preview right there. So we'll yeah. see. Well, so like we said, you'll probably see Kurt at the beginning of the year. He'll probably drop off. Bono see and hear plenty of him. Yep. Um, the other name that uh, we'll definitely hear a lot of is Miles Robinson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Miles yeah. had a coming out party this year uh, on the national team circuit. He was one of the best USMNT defenders um, all season long. And he got the start for Atlanta, got a yellow card in the third minute, um, but then played the rest of the game and didn't get subbed off. So he played the full game in a with a yellow card, and Atlanta won 3-1 to one in full time. Atlanta should be really good this year, and I guess Miles is going to be one of, their, one of their core building blocks of this team. Um, the question I have for you, Steve, there's been a lot of talk about exports to outside of MLS defenders aren't exactly known for those moves. MLS has not done a ton of that. It's been mostly young attacking talent from Central America, or in the case of Tejon Buchanan, young attacking talent in general. Do you see I was going to say Canada is in Central America. Yeah, I know, right? Yep. I do know my geography that much. (laughs) Um, Do do you see a future for uh, Robinson outside of MLS, or is he going to become one of these very 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 good mls players who comes up to the usmnt team and can just kind of hold it down over a period of time just don't go to chelsea just don't go to chelsea <laughs> the the miyazka the miyazka yeah. because remember, um, i'm a i'm a red bulls fan so it hurts me to see miyazka just whittle away in the dutch division for the past i don't know how many years now yep yeah he's he's really you know Vitesse he's good in the dutch division yeah but Vitesse like, is treating him well but but like he's still a Chelsea player for some reason. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll just keep paying his wages and loan him out. Um, to think I almost bought his uh, kit when he went over there because it was, it was a big. I mean, it was a big move when it happened. What? Um, it was like four and a half million, right? Something yeah, like something that. like that. And then uh, yeah, and Tejan went for seven this year. So he Tejan currently hand, hand, er, uh, holds the record for uh, transfer fee for a Syracuse Orange player. Uh, I believe um, he's outside of Patrice Bernier, the only one who went for decent money. So, um, yeah. But yeah, Miles, I know Miles has gotten some looks from abroad. Uh, it might be something where we see him move on in the summer window um, or, you know, the the old uh, transfer happens in the summer. He moves in January or something like that. So yeah. we'll see. Um, there actually it would be, to make that work, what it would likely be is uh, sign club signs him in the summer, loans him back for the remainder of the MLS season, and then he can immediately go over and start playing because he'll be a 
he'll be recalled from the loan. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's a good chance we'll see that, but no matter what, you're going to see a lot of minutes out of him. He's going to be, you know, the first name in pen on their team sheet. So, um, and and that's what happened with Tejan. Like Cabruch signed him. I I believe, isn't that correct? Like Cabruch signed him in, in like July and loaned and loaned him back to the revolution before. So he, he came back to the revs and then moved officially Uh January one. So uh, he was able to go over early and train, get up to speed, and then was able to officially make the move. So, right. so yeah, I mean, that's, uh, well, actually, there's one more known quantity uh, would be Kamal Miller, who, uh, similar to um, Miles making his name for the U.S. national team, Kamal has become a stalwart for the Canadian men's national team, um, slotting in at left back, and he's currently playing like a left center back for... Um, for Montreal, which is the position he played for, um, we just we just need we just know we need someone to play center center back, and all of a sudden that back three is 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 back once again from yeah. 2015 to 2016. <laughs> where's where's Louis Cross when you need him? <laughs> oh boy, there it is. That's mm-hmm. I'll take the throwback there. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's that that's my old reference there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I was just I was actually looking the um what was. What did I find? The first uh, the first article I wrote for Noons was a soccer uh, was Tony Asante going down with a knee injury to start the 2013 season. I was like, I've been writing for Noons for nine years. Okay, cool. Here we are. Um, my my first article in typical Noons fashion was about the Canadians on the football team. Yeah, yeah, that's that tracks too. <laughs> but the Canadians on this football team. Uh, still playing in Canada and (laughs) still consistently like he he was one of those guys that when he was drafted by Orlando City did wasn't going to make a name for himself got a got his foot in the door through some injuries in MLS's back when that happened um, the when the tournament happened and uh, just has run with it and he is he's you know played played decently for Orlando City and then moved on to um I keep wanting to call it Montreal Impact, but we'll just go yeah, with Montreal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Club, Club de Football Montreal. Uh, totally gotta makes get sense. That, you got to say it in like French. Yeah, uh, Kamal actually had played really well in the CONCACAF Champions League games that they had. However, against Orlando City, Orlando City has a scary attack. And like you said, Kamal was playing inside. I think he still had a little bit of those outside tendencies. Got caught drifting and got absolutely burned on the first goal uh, of the game. Oh yeah, he and just opened the it, door. Just it was it was a situation where he made you could see that he had realized his mistake, and when he went for the step, uh, the Orlando City guy, you could already see his number. Uh, it was mm. not not a great day for them. Uh, although to his credit, he was not the big reason that they went down by a man. They had a stupid red card where a player got upset that he got uh basically he got tackled on a clean tackle and then punched the uh, i forgot i forgot orlando said he has alexander pato yeah pato's really good (laughs) he's really good uh i i I was watching the game to support evan uh and i saw that goal and yeah orlando city is gonna be a really fun team to watch this year um just in general they just kind of want to attack like crazy so yeah i'm down with that uh, what's why I like watching Seattle. Uh, but speaking of fun attackers, the other two Syracuse players in MLS both saw action in their team's openers. 
and both kind of fit this little weird we don't really know what to do with them role for their teams but they're both in the I'm, attacking mindset well we've got no, mo mo is nowhere near the attacking mindset sir no was, yeah. well uh, miami hasn't well okay to be fair foot mob is sometimes not the not the greatest no. at formations um but they have him as a midfielder supporting higuain uh no, 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 no. <laughs> Staunchly, Mo, number six. Mo, yeah, Bo Adams is Bo, if, if you if you look up a number six in a football dictionary, it's just a picture of Mo Adams. Yeah. Well, there we go then. Yeah. Uh, the number six played sixty six minutes today. Um, in my uh, he started and uh, for Inter Miami, which is a team that's all kinds of a mess from a roster yeah, building that's perspective. True. <laughs> that's. But for Mo, this means that he's probably going to get a lot of minutes. Like, does that seem accurate if he's yeah, like a solid so. number six? Yeah. Yeah, it seems so. it seems solid that he's going to. I mean, that's his versatility, if nothing else, will give him some minutes. Like, he, he can also play in defense if you need him. Um, yeah. So that'll be that'll be a good, you know, a good start for for him this year. He did move from Atlanta. So it was kind of it's kind of still unknown how he's going to slot into Miami. Uh, he got traded, I think, in early January. So yeah, um, yeah, that that's you know more to come on that. And then Raposo came on in the 88th minute for his cameo run at things. Like <laughs> they Vancouver last year seemed to like to do that. Any game that he didn't come in for um, actual you know tactical play reasons, he would just come on in the 88th minute and go run up and down the field a couple times. So okay like his i guarantee his stats on uh games played are just like weirdly inflated he's probably got like you know 25 games played with like 17 minutes i was gonna say i pulled up his game chart and so far his minutes uh his minutes last year in october um outside of the the playoff run that they had or not playoff run but just like their games that they had last season are six minutes four minutes one minute five minutes 58 minutes one minute <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's uh there's very clearly a uh something happening here where they just want him on the field which is great for him but he hasn't quite cracked that starting lineup or have the endurance to continue to run at things for a long period of time yeah so. yep but overall, I think it's uh, like Steve, it seems like it's a pretty solid group. And again, it's it's crazy to say like Bono's the eldest statesman of the group. The rest of them are all really young and seem to be in situations where their teams want to have these guys succeed. They're not, uh, you know, the 18th man uh, on the on the bench or yeah. something like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I mean, Bono started the trend of it was what, seven or eight years ago now. Uh, yeah. that he got drafted, um, and he's been, you know, a stalwart in Toronto ever since. And if if he can keep that up, and Kirk can keep going uh, with the the main team, we've got the the bookends going uh, going solid. And uh, I mean, if you'd have told me f ten years ago that Syracuse would have this many international caliber players coming through their program, I would have told you you were absolutely insane. So credit where credit's due to Coach Mack and his squad. And, uh, yeah, here's to, here's to following them through. So when are we getting Coach Mack on the pod? I don't know. Okay, I think – I th actually, no, I'm pretty sure – I'm pretty sure Pregler said if we ever got Mack on the pod, we would have to shut the pod down. 
Oh, crap. Uh, yeah. uh, I might have said that, and you, you don't have to hold me at that. But yes, <laughs> I would love to have him on here, if only because that man is so much fun to listen to talk. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to have a conversation with him. I just want to listen to him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Won't disagree. So, there. to wrap things up, we're going to talk lacrosse. Um, we're not we going to talk. We should talk one thing first before we talk lacrosse. Yes. Uh, sorry. The women's ice hockey team. Yeah. Weiss, uh, we, I always found out through a friend who used to be at Citrus that the hockey abbreviations are for men are M-I-C-E or mice and women's is W-I-C-E. But obviously there's no men's of the hockey team at Syracuse, so we never used the mice designation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the women's ice hockey team, they won a tournament. Yeah. Uh, I won, I, yeah, yes. won a conference tournament. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say, so Christian, can you really quickly explain why they won the CHA tournament uh, and who is in this conference that Syracuse is in for women's hockey since the ACC does not have a ice hockey conference? Mm -hmm. So uh, the CHA is comprised of five teams, kind of like the ACC and men's lacrosse. Um, But it's 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 a weird mix of teams, uh, but it's. Syracuse, Lindenwood, RIT, Mercyhurst, and Penn State. And um, Syracuse uh, hosted the CHA tournament for only the second time, I believe, in its program history uh, because they won the CHA regular season. Or might have been the first time, actually. But they hosted the entire tournament at Citadel Ice Pavilion on South Campus uh, and won both of their games in overtime. So a little bit stressful, uh, but... They got it done in overtime. Garrett Trader was actually spotted at the first game, which was really funny. Um, so, yay, football. Um, yeah, Trader is yeah. somebody who does not blend in. No. So, um, but yeah, Syracuse won the final over Mercyhurst in overtime 3-2. And, of course, you win your conference championship. You get an automatic bid into the NCAA tournament. And I believe that's the second time in their program history they've made the NCAA tournament. Yeah, the last time that they won the or uh, that they made the NCAA tournament was in 2019 when they won the CHA turn uh, the CHA championship against Mercyhurst. Uh, but that was at Mercyhurst because they were hosting the tournament. Uh, I know this because I went to Mercyhurst's high school uh, that is attached Weary. to the college. So I have followed Mercyhurst hockey uh, for a very long time. And that one of my very first reporting things that I did was as an intern as I covered uh, and shot uh, Mercyhurst high school ga- or Mercyhurst women's hockey games as a high school intern. Um, so very familiar with the with that program. It's really great. You know, it, it's really great for the women's program at Syracuse because it seems like they went from the bottom barrel of the CHA to now being a team that has won the conference twice in the last three years, which is. Pretty good. That's a that's a heck of a run. And as we kind of covered earlier in the pre Olympics episode, like Syracuse's women's hockey team has players playing on national teams. Um, so that's kind of what you need to do to get good at college hockey in the women's side is that you need to have international quality players on your roster. And Syracuse is doing a great job of building a roster. Um, we don't know who they're going to play. Uh, but the last time that Syracuse won the CHA, they were seeded as the lowest seed and played the then number one in the country, Wisconsin. Here's hoping they do not have that same luck of the draw this time around, because uh, that would be that would be really nice. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. We won't know for until I think next uh, Sunday, probably, I think. 
Yeah, Selection Sunday is, I think, this upcoming Sunday because it's similar to the way that the basketball side does it where you the women play all their conference tournament first, then the men play the conference tournaments, and then they do a joint, you know, our same weekend Selection Sunday process. So we'll see who they play next week when we do this podcast. Um, speaking of women doing amazing things, uh, lacrosse. Men's lacrosse lost by a lot to Virginia. We knew it was going to happen. We're going to wait until next week to see if men's lacrosse can rebound before we start talking about doom and gloom in another men's sport. I don't really have the mental energy for that. Women's lacrosse had a weird game. Christian, explain. <laughs> so, uh, the, the, uh, women's lacrosse had a decent lead at some point. They were, they were up 14-9 to Notre Dame and looked pretty in control. Uh, at, at Notre Dame too. That's the other at thing. Notre, at yeah. Notre Dame. Uh, side note: If you look at any of the Twitter clips uh, from this game, um, a couple of them are posted in, in our article on the tradition. Notre Dame's indoor facility is massive. Um, and yeah, Ensley ain't touching this. Um, so this is this is what you can get away with at Notre Dame. Um, right. uh, but. Again, with Syracuse of 14-9, Notre Dame actually fought back and tied it up uh, to force the game into overtime at 16-16 before Megan Tyrell uh, won the game. Um, and so, a little bit of a nail-biter, but they got it done in the end. Um, so Another big win. And yeah. they now have everybody's favorite team, Northwestern, on Tuesday at 4 p.m. A battle of the Jardals on schools. Yes, uh, is Northwestern the same? <laughs> Look at North- Steve's face. Steve's face is like, God now. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> My question becomes, are they the same Northwestern that just sits on the ball and is re- and is annoyingly really good and you can't really do a whole lot but just sit there and outlast them? Or have they moved off of this old, uh, of that team and are now a, just, you know, a normal lacrosse program? <laughs> That's a great question. I do not know the answer to that. Okay, because I want to watch, but I'm still scarred from that national championship game against Northwestern, oh, where yeah. where there was like no goals in the fourth quarter or anything, and it was just pain. Right, so much the, pain. The this isn't lacrosse lacrosse game. Yes, um, but the other game that they have this week is that they have Duke at the Dome Sunday at noon. So that'll be fun, and that's on ACC Network. Um, as for the women's lacrosse game, it is on the Big Ten Network. So for those of you in Central New York, I don't know if you have the Big Ten Network. I don't know what the Big Ten Network is on, but if you have it, you can watch them on TV instead of your iPad or your computer screen. So would highly suggest doing that. It's at uh, 4 p.m. on Tuesday. So See, my brain, I was looking at the schedule and my brain's sitting there like, at Virginia isn't televised? And then I realized it was the women's game and not the men's game. Yes. It's like, I have no idea how good loot or Virginia is. The Cuse Maryland game last week was on ACC Network Extra, which blew my mind. Right. Like, like, top 10 10 matchup, and you're shoving it on. And, and like, while the topic of putting women's sports on TV is way too complicated for this podcast right now. Truth. uh, Like, uh, like, also, like, for lacrosse, like, Johns Hopkins UNC was on ACC Network Extra. Like, what? Yeah. Jeez. Do they not want good lacrosse on TV? 
They only want to put the bad lacrosse on TV. That's just really confusing to me. Uh, I feel like lacrosse is the like the redheaded stepchild that Anish is just here banging the door about, like, please put us on. I promise we're fun. And ESPN is like, we'll give you a few games here and there, but you really don't get any inventory until post-college basketball season. Right. Um, which is yeah. frustrating because there are a lot of good games that are happening pre-college basketball season wrap-up. Yeah, I mean, Q's, so the, I'm looking at the women's schedule still, and they at least, uh, they have three that are on network. Uh, home against Pitt <laughs> is ACC. Home against UNC is, or, uh, yeah. against UNC is ESPNU, and then at BC to end the year is uh, ESPNU as well. Yep. Yeah, that uh, the, t- the two big ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then and then Pitt. Hey, hey, welcome to. And then Pitt's the hey, welcome to the uh, welcome to ACC lacrosse. Good yeah. luck. <laughs> yep. And Very then, intrigued to see how that happens. <laughs> and in there, we also have the uh, orange on orange. Uh, I don't know battle matchup with a recently honored Katie Rowan coming back to the dome. Oh, the week before DC. Oh yeah. So also the week before, also the week before that game, they're playing Louisville at CBA. What? That seems weird. I just, yeah, (laughs) I I see that now too. What's happening on April 16th at the dome. Huh? You know what? That monster jam. Uh, God, I is that Paul McCartney? No, that's June fourth. My buddy just bought tickets. I was going okay. to, but they're ridiculous. It's expensive. Monster Jam. Oh my God, it's Monster Jam. <laughs> Called it. Oh God, I can't wait for another Monster Jam truck to break the concrete at the dome again. Ugh. Yeah, thing that happened for those of you that might not know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that's a great note to end this yeah. week's show on. <laughs> Talking Monster Jam trucks. That's what you all come here for. Uh, as always, thank you to everybody who's listening uh, on your favorite podcast app of choice. Make sure to rate us five stars. Make sure to leave us a nice review so that way we can trick the algorithm into expanding the Ottoman uh, Empire across <laughs> all of the podcast airwaves. If you are watching live on Twitch, thank you so much. We really appreciate the support. If you're watching the video uh, instead of listening to the podcast, thanks for sticking with us in the old way that we've been doing since day one. We appreciate it. Uh, make sure that you head over to Twitch and uh, sign up to get notified when we go live. So that way you don't miss any of our live shows that we do on Sunday nights, but also anything extra that we might throw on that Twitch channel. We don't know yet. We're still kind of experimenting and having some fun with this whole thing. Um, and so then again, thank you to also everybody who went to the newsmagician.com website, clicked on this article and found us one way or the other. We really appreciate support. And if it's your first time here, this is pretty much the vibe of the show. Every week, even when the teams are good, we still find ways to talk about random things. It's mm-hmm. kind of what we do here. Um, so thank you all very much. Go Orange. Go Orange. Go Orange. <laughs>